This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. This is Oasis City Radio Music. Twenty-four hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in, iHeartRadio, and the Oasis City Radio app. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. want to introduce, uh, I guess, myself a little further, uh, because it is Valentine's Day, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that you understood that I'm giving up Valentine's Day to be here after 34 years of marriage, and I have three beautiful daughters that are beautiful and unmarried, and they're in their 20s, and uh, great church there in the Garden State, the state of New Jersey, that everybody laughs at. And so if I'm wearing this coat tonight to cover up my swollen belly that is filled with a sandwich from Jersey called Jersey Mike's. All right. So. (laughs) But I'm glad to be here, and I've known Pastor Bill and Adam for many years, and the lovely wives. Uh, We've Grown up together with Bishop Garlington over there in Pittsburgh for many, many years. I've been serving Bishop Garlington about 22 years now and done a lot of work with him and serving him, his ministry, and even in different nations and places all over, uh, prophesying and just ministering the word of the Lord. So I feel like I'm home. I I feel the presence of God here tonight. I'm excited. Are you still excited? Good. That was quick. Woo! Okay. But uh, we're going to flow a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit, and then we'll flow, and uh, we'll see where God takes us. Um, I know tonight that it's already special. As I was sitting in the pastor's office there, God began to speak to me about your church. And uh, I probably have shifted messages about three or four times since then. But I want to talk to you uh, about two things tonight, because I want you to understand, how many here tonight are members of this church. You're, you're in. Oh, good. That's a good sign. God bless you. So this, this bud's for you. Uh, they didn't catch that one, Lord. This word's for you, I mean. This word's for you. Uh, because I believe that something big is going to take place. Uh, our church this year is 27 years old, and uh, I founded it in my home, and we've done a lot of work all over the world for years. And so I know how it is to be in a fifth year. And let me just tell you this. You are doing an outstanding job. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. It's an outstanding job that's being done here. I already know that. And so I want to just encourage you in that. I want to read five things to you. So for for the note takers real quick. Good, 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 good. I got time. Okay. First of all, God does everything with a purpose. God does everything with a purpose. And 
We have to know that. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 24, it says this. The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, <clears throat> saying it's upside down, iPad. Okay. He says this. As I have thought, so shall it come to pass. As I have purposed, so shall it stand. This is the purpose that is purposed against the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. For the Lord is purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? The six things I just want to share with you real quick, and maybe a few more. But I'm going to talk to you tonight about going to the next level. There's a lot that's going on in the world, and we already know the catastrophes, the crimes, uh, and all the, all the dark stuff. But there's a lot of great things going on in the body of Christ and in God's house and in the church and in the kingdom of God. And so then the first thing I want you to understand tonight is your assignment is proof that God has planned for you to succeed in something. Your assignment is proof that God has planned for you to succeed in something. If, okay, you were not created to go for, you, first of all, you were not created to go from one failure to another failure. If God did not have anything big for you to do, he would not allowed you to have, have even allowed you to do it. So because you have an assignment, and this church has an assignment, I already know what your assignment is, and it's beautiful. The future is very bright for you. Look at somebody and say, the future is very bright for you. Would you tell somebody tonight you were born for success and victory? You're going to work tonight, so you're not just going to sit in the lecture hall. You were born for, for success and victory. That doesn't mean you won't go through trials, you won't have tough times, things won't happen to you that are rough. But in the end, you will end up with the victor's crown. Amen? Number two, your assignment is proof that God has preserved you in order to preserve his purpose in you. He has kept you to keep his purpose in you. I have to let some of them sit there because these are thoughtful quotes, okay? <clears throat> if you think about your life, and I think about my life before I got saved, how in the world did I make it to Christ? How did God keep me through all of the ups and downs? How did God keep me through the turmoil, the rejections, the misunderstandings, all the things that we go through? How did he do it? What he was doing, he was keeping and preserving his purpose within me so I could fulfill it one day. Because my purpose in, in him is connected to the overall mosaic of his entire his kingdom purpose in this earth and in the universe. That's why every one of us are critically important to, to the Lord. God has no uh, has-beens. He has no people that are invaluable. He has no people that do, do not have any substance or value. Every one of us has tremendous value because we fit into the fabric of his plan. Let me go to number three. I want you to say this to someone tonight. You're in God's place at God's pace by God's grace. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You are in God's place at God's pace. By God's grace. Now try and say it again to them. Hmm. 
This is the third major one. If God could have found, have, have found a replacement for your assignment, he would have never given it to you. If he could have found a replacement for your assignment, he would have never given it to you. In other words, you're the only one that can do what he's purposed for you to do. Okay, let me go to the next one. (laughs) Number four, someone will either promote or distract you from your assignment. Somewhere along the line. Both things will happen to you. And it's how we respond, how we react. Mm. I'll leave it at that one. Okay. <clears throat> i give you this one and the last one on this. If your life is not over, neither is your assignment. If your life is not over, neither is your assignment. This church is getting ready to experience something tremendous. I've never been here, but God has been here. When you walk into this building, God is in this building. Wherever God is, God is alive. God is life. He's not alive. He's life. God talks. God reveals. God teaches. God shows. God shares. And as soon as I sat in that office, he began, I just closed my eyes. And he said, this is what I want to do at this place. You that are here and that are members of this wonderful church need to buckle your seats because the ride is going to be the most amazing ride you've ever been on. So how do you know? I've already seen it. The Bible says that the Lord will do nothing except he first what? Reveal it first to his prophets. If you just in case may wonder how long I've been doing this, it's been over 35 years of prophetic ministry. And I've done it all over the world. And God has done some tremendous things. And when I walked in here, this that's never happened to me. I'll tell you in a second what I saw because I'm just wetting your appetite. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Bill over here and he's like, well, what is it? What is it? What is it? Just tell us. Easy, easy. In time. I'm just setting it up, setting it up real nice. Okay. Now, the thing that he wants you to know tonight, part of my assignment is to reveal to you, and you hear this phrase all the time, but to reveal to you that you will be going to the next level. Would you tell someone this tonight? The next trip you take will be to the next level. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, to get to the next level, and I, I, I got so much running through my mind tonight because the atmosphere is charged with the prophetic grace of God, but I give these things to you. <clears throat> to get to the next level, there are specific things that you and I have to know, do, understand, and accept. One, in Hebrews 11.8, and they asked me which version, and all it's all different versions, I'm actually going to pull this from, but... It says in Hebrews eleven eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. That's your story. 
not knowing where you were going. What are you doing in Columbus? I don't know. What are you doing in Westerville? Excuse me. In Westerville. You were sent here. And so the first thing, when you want to get to the next level that we have to have, is we have to have a mindset that we're not afraid to function in the not knowing where we're going. God's not going to tell you every little thing and every little detail all the time. It's going to take tremendous faith, and we just have to simply trust him. Trust him. Number two, in Job 17, verse 9, J-O-B, nice word, 17, 9, it says, The righteous keep moving forward, and those with clean hands become stronger and stronger. Okay? So the second thing, when we're going to the next level, no matter what, we have to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving forward. You have to keep going forward, no matter what it is. Keep going forward. Third, okay, Isaiah 43, 18. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says this. It says, but the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing that I'm doing. It's happening already. You can see it now, and I'll make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. One of the biggest things that people struggle with is letting go of the past. Past hurts, past situations, past failures, past mindsets, past systems. And that's probably the biggest one, past systems. Because we begin to be afraid to try something new. We're afraid to accept something new. We're afraid to go through new doors, new vistas, new opportunities, new ideas. We're afraid to express them. And this is one of the biggest things that keeps many people in the body body of Christ in a place of mediocrity. God didn't call the body of Christ to be in a place of mediocrity. He didn't. That's middle of the road. He didn't call us to be in the middle of the road. He called us to be in the high place. That's why Paul said when he was talking about this, he said that he is what? Pressing towards the mark of the high calling, high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus, because it is a high calling. Now, we know that in that passage, he was talking about the apostolic call, but the call of God, period, in life is a high calling. I tell people all the time, we we exalt people in sports and athletics, and you're in the Ohio area, I guess this is LeBron territory. By the way, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. (laughs) But anyway, this is LeBron territory, right? And people think differently in each region, each region, each region. But a lot of times people struggle with the fact of letting go of something, okay? We have to learn how to forget what happened in the past. One of the biggest things that people struggle with is forgiveness and forgetness. Now, I know that's not a word. I made that up. It's in my dictionary. Forgetting is very hard. Well, the last time I got a word, it didn't happen. Well, the last time they said a prophet came, they didn't say anything to me. They picked everybody else. Let me tell you a good story real quick. I got a little bit of time over Time's flying today, okay? I can still get it done. I remember I was in a meeting, and a prophetess came from Arizona to a church that I was at way, way back in the 80s. 
And uh, she only came one time, only saw her one time. This was before what we have now, all the technology. So when somebody came, you might have only seen them once after that. Okay, that's the way it was back then. Wasn't any cell phones in, you know, 1982 and 83. And I was psyched up. I mean, I was involved in worship, so I was on the stage. And, you know, they said the prophets were coming, and I wanted to make sure I put on my red shirt that night. To make sure that I was visible. And I didn't know. I wouldn't say that to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> All respect to you, man. But I wanted to put a red shirt on. I was sitting in the second row because the leaders sat in the front row. And I said, oh, tonight's my night. And I was full of zeal. And I was fired up. And I said, I'm going to get a word tonight. And it was the first time somebody like this was coming to the church. And we were real excited. And this lady prophesied from 7 o'clock to about quarter to 10. Individual prophecies calling people out one by one, one by one, by one, by one, by one, by one. And the night went on. It was so long that I took a break, a couple of breaks. Then I took an anger break. And I walked outside of the building. You know, it was a, the church had, a, you know, you could get to it from the street. So I was out on the sidewalk talking to this guy. It's like, he said, what's going on in there, Master? Yeah, they're in there prophesying. But I was mad because I said, well, you know, she should have picked me. I mean, this is me. I lead worship here. I mean, <laughs> if anybody should have got a word, it should have been me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you didn't understand what I just said. I'm purposely doing that uh, but you understand what I'm saying. And so I'm out there, and I was mad. And I came back in. She was still ministering, still ministering, 8, 9, 10 o'clock, close to 10 o'clock. She said, well, that's it for tonight. And she closed her Bible. She didn't really preach. She flowed, came down the steps. I'm sitting in the second row, and she had her assistant with her, and the service was over. Everybody was rejoicing, and they played the old, you know, go out of church song, I'll fly away, oh, glory. And I'm sitting there, and it hit me so hard you know, my eyes got watery. They got big. And I was like, she didn't give me a word. And I, then I'm, just, I'm, I'm going through emotions, jealousy, and anger, and rejection. I'm processing all this stuff in my head. And I'm like, him? He got a word. He was drinking last week. I just prayed for deliverance for that lady two days ago. And, they're, you know, back then they walk around. They go, I got a word. I got a word. I was mad, man. I was, I was mad and sad at the same time. I just dropped my head. And she just happened to come down the aisles. It's a true story. She came down. Can I walk around with this? Okay. And she came down like this, and I'm sitting there, and everybody's rejoicing. The music, you know, the go-home music was playing. And I was right where you are. And she walked by me like this. And then she stopped. And when I felt her presence go by, I dropped my head, and I said, well, I guess not me tonight. So I guess you missed me. I shouldn't have worn a so stupid red shirt. <laughs> and she backed up like this. And she said, you thought the Lord forgot you. But I saved you last. The day will come where I will place you in a high place of authority. And all men will see you one day and say, how did he get there? And you will say, the Lord put me here. That's all I remember. By that time, I was like, <laughs> I'm messed up, man. I'm crying. I'm crying up a storm. 
But I've met some high-level folks in my life. And every time I meet some people that are high-level, that word comes back. A lot of times we have a problem with forgetting things and forgiving things. Forgiveness is a deep dimension. Deep dimension. Because in forgiveness, what can happen to people that don't forgive, you can go through a lot, a lot of mindsets. Go through vengeance. You can want different things. But Jesus said this. When we don't forgive and forget, he said, if you don't do it, I'll release the tormentors after you. And the tormentors will torment the mind of a person and a person until they bring their, they will bring you to repentance. Now, let me get back to the good stuff. This is the end of the fast. And so we have to forget what happened in the past. Look at somebody say, forget what happened in the past. I'm going to give you a jersey. Say, forget about it. All right? Forget about it. Got to learn how to do that. Number four, step out. Got to step out. Got to step out. If you're going to the next level, you got to step out. You got to take a lot of risk to get to that next level. You got to take a lot of chances. You got to do things that don't make sense sometimes in the, in the natural mind. You got to step out. Number five, let me just give this to you. You got to cross over. Joshua chapter one, ver- verse two, it says that the children of Israel had to cross over that Jordan. You got to cross over some things. Okay. A lot of different things that you and I have to do if we're going to go to the next level. Now, there's three levels in which people look at things, and I've been just thinking about this lately, and I'll talk as fast as I can. There's a sheep level. There's a first level. Then there's a sonship level, and there's a governmental level. And when you look at these three dimensions in time and in life and the kingdom of God, this is where most people are at. So when we want to go to the next level, everybody starts at the sheep level because sheep follow sheep, and we know all the stories about sheep. But with, with the sheep level, there's a pastoral grace for some people to shepherd those sheep and pastor those sheep, okay? But sheep have challenges at that level. That's when people are very selfish, self-centered. Many times they're uh, fat in the spirit. They want more and do less, okay? And one of the things about sheep, they'll just follow the other sheep that's in front of them without looking up. We know the characteristics of sheep. And, and all that. But that's a level that's selfish. You, the people are concerned just about themselves. Uh, it's about me. It's not about God. It's more about me. Is it on my time? Or how long is this going to be? How long is it going to take? When are we going to get out of church? Why is it so long? And on and on and on at a sheep level. Second level of son, is sonship. And sonship speaks of relationship with God. And that's the level that God wants us to get to because the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Sonship is a mature level that speaks about inheritance, okay, and relationship with the Father. It takes us out of a mindset of an orphan spirit and brings us into a deep relationship with God where you trust God. A person begins to trust God and, and, and no longer doubt God. And so sometimes you read the Bible, you can tell where you are in your life as to how you read the Bible. 
When you read the Bible at a sheep level, most of the time you'll see things that feed you. What I mean by that is it will be uh, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, I shall not want. You know, he makes me. It's all about me. You read a level of sonship is different. And that's why Jesus began to implement the parables as we go through the scriptures of the prodigal son. He dealt with a sonship level. He begins to deal with this. And he was simply just trying to go to another level. All across the Old Testament, you see movement in the kingdom by sons. Because sons always move in a dimension of inheritance. Listen to me very carefully now. Sonship brings you into a thought process of inheritance. Inheritance. That's the big word. Okay? Not that you don't know it. Why am I saying that? Because God has already told me that this church has a massive inheritance that it's going to receive. Massive inheritance. I know what I'm talking about. I've already seen it. The third level, and I'll get to it, and I'll get to watch the clock again. But I'll get to this. The third level is, is government. That's the apostolic prophetic dimension, okay? And that always speaks of territory, nations, and authority, and rulership. And it's always in, those, in that third dimension, in that realm, when God begins to build a church, and he begins to bring the apostles and prophets into an atmosphere, that's the call on the church. When he starts to filter and feed a church from a governmental level in its initial stages, that plan is big. That's just like big building, bringing in, if you're building a building, and, and let's just say hypothetically that God brings architects that design uh, massive facilities in the initiation of your, of your facility. They already know from A to Z what to do, and they have grand schemes and grand designs for different things. But at that level, they have an ability to come in the beginning because they know that the structure that's being built is going to be a certain level, certain height, certain weight, certain width, and it's going to be able to have a certain capacity and influence in that particular region. That's why God will bring an initiation in the the beginning stages, year number five, the year of grace, Okay, the grace of God is on this house in a tremendous way, and God is going to bring, he's going to bring the apostolic government through these doors to teach you at a governmental level so that you won't be walking around at a sheep level following behind each other with a baby mindset. That's what, is, that's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. Okay, so to get to the next level, that's why you have to step out. You've got to forget what happened in the past. You've got to take some risks. You've got to understand that the assignment has been given, and not only you can fulfill the assignment. That's what this is all about. 